Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. So, Craig, you and I were both lovers of story, of song, art, and when we think about those great stories we love, there's a lot of tragedy in those, or some of the best songs have a lot of heart and hurt mixed into the lyrics. And I thought we ought to talk about now, to me, something that really is important is, in terms of story, what do you do when you find yourself, on a personal level, not liking the part of the story that you're in? On a personal note, knowing what you've gone through and are going through now, hospital stays, just life is, has been interrupted as you know it. I'd love to just talk to you about what do you do when you find yourself in those places where you go, wait, this isn't the way I want the story to go in my <laughs> life. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just so not alone in this. There are my guesses, almost everyone listening could look at the story they're living and wish that it were different. And what do you do with that? How do you live in a story that that's hard, that's hard to live in, whether that's economics or whether that's relationship or whether that's health or any number of other difficulties? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, the most immediate story was just a couple of months ago, my oncologist telling me after taking blood and bone marrow biopsy and kind of checking on the status of my uh, cancer, he said to Lori and I, well, that was a short remission. And he informed me that I've relapsed, my cancer is back, and its predatory nature is kind of unfolding, and I need to begin treatment again. And ah, ah. I think it went into shock, Alan, in the office there for a day or so of just, no, 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 no. Again, relapse. I thought we had turned the page and Craig had successfully fought cancer, was in remission, and now we move on to other peaks to conquer. And for me to nobly be an example of faith exercised in its mm. purest form for those who are watching and and something easier than cancer, but that wasn't the case. So how do you, when that's the news, and it's clearly not the news you or anyone else wants, how do you find God in the midst of that story that does not feel like at all the story you would have thought God would be writing? Yeah. Now, looking back, a little bit here because it's been a couple of months now. I think the thing I want to say to people whose lives are disrupted with a change in the script and a dramatic turn in the story, the good news is God comes looking for us. And you immediately, this is my story, feel a little cast aside and alone and you begin to speculate, which usually isn't ever any good, 
of where this is going and how it might end. And worst case scenario is easier than best case scenario for me for some reason. And you realize deep down inside, I'm going to need God big time to get through this this challenge, to get over this mountain. And so there's some part of you that immediately turns towards him in terms of requests and turning to God is for a change of circumstances, like get me out of this mess, heal me. You know, it's kind of highly motivated for personal comfort and restore the story I was living in. But as time goes by, it goes a little deeper than that. But the good news is God comes looking for us. And in whatever circumstances, in whatever's unfolding, he's there. And we don't have to go far to find him. He's there. I mean, you read the Gospels. Christ is there for the brokenhearted. He's hanging around the pool where the lame are, the blind are. He's God is accessible and available and present in our greatest times of need and turmoil and distress. And when our story takes a 180 or, or whatever, he's there and he comes for you. So in the 180s, the ups and downs, the wild swings, the bad news that can come, Craig, take me into your world on what do you do when you find yourself in that area of maybe frustration, weariness, despair, and that feels like the main theme of the story, which it's not, but it can feel like that. What do you do then to find life or to find God within that? I know he's there, but what do you do to turn in those moments? Yeah, the question makes it sound so volitional. What I found, Alan, is that since my relapse and since my treatment, I've been having a, a real struggle with reaction to the chemotherapy. And I've spent over 30-something days in the last couple of months in the hospital with fevers and things. And physically, it's been incredibly hard and scary and frightening and all of that. What I found is when our story takes a dramatic and disruptive turn, we're helpless. We're on our knees. We're devastated. We're disoriented. We're confused. We're in pain. We're grieving, depending on the circumstances and what has just happened to us. And the heart that's inclined to God just turns to him. And it's not, it doesn't feel like a choice any longer. It feels just natural and a necessity for me to survive. I've got to hold on tight. But it doesn't feel, I don't know if I'm being clear, it just doesn't feel like I need to turn to God now. It's right. like you have no choice but to turn to him and you do. And he's there, and he comes through. And somehow, in my story, I'm thrashing on an emergency room bed with 105 fever, phenomenal discomfort and pain, and those gowns they call gowns, which men should never wear gowns, 
It's really just a big bib. It's <laughs> <laughs> about all it covers. Well, it's up around my shoulders, and the nurse and Laurie are putting ice packs on me, trying to cool me. And I just recall at one point feeling like this was my last breath and that I was drowning and that I was going under. And I didn't know if the going under would mean madness or death or just going into some shock, passing out. But I had reached some point where things had to change or were going to change, and I didn't know what direction they were going to change in. And it felt just like drowning, like it was going under. And what was remarkable was God came. Without the pain lifting, without the fever breaking, without the um, horrible discomfort, he came, and he was present. And the panic in the fear of grasping and what's going to happen and the fear of where's this going, it just lifted. It was like God's presence mm. in the midst of this hell diminished the hell. Mm. The circumstances are the same, but I was with him. He was with me, and there was just this presence that I felt like, okay, it is well in my soul. My body is being ravaged, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm good. I'm good. And it was pretty remarkable in that a number of times since then, same circumstances and the same experience of me coming to some point where I felt like I'm drowning or dying or death or some turning point, and God comes. And it feels like he comes he just comes. And yes, some part of me is crying out, desperate for him, and yet outwardly look like I'm in sheer panic and chaos and that nothing's going on. Craig, wow. That leaves me almost speechless. Tell me again, because I want the listeners to hear what happened when you were in one of those situations recently in the hospital and what you heard God say to you about. Yeah. I'd love for you to share that story. Yeah, well, it's just the continuation of that story where I'm flailing away and I hear Christ say to me, love others, pray for others, forgive. And I'm going, what? <laughs> it feels cruel when you are suffering, that God would ask you to put your eyes, attention, and focus on others. And you now I realize that there's no exemptions to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love others. So I was, Miss Laurie would describe it, just kind of yelling and shouting, praying out loud, Lord, come for. And I was just naming people in my life that I knew were praying for me. And praying the kingdom and the blessing of God and his presence and his power and his love and his grace over other people's lives. And it was startling because when you suffer, you feel justified to be preoccupied with yourself. Understandably so. <laughs> and 
to some degree, necessarily so. And yet in my pain or suffering, God came and said, I want you to, in your pain and in your suffering, to love others. And what felt cruel initially ended up turning into just this rich communion with God where I felt like this must be some of what the cross felt like for Christ is the absolute severe physical and personal pain of the crucifixion, and yet he's concerned for the hearts and lives of others, and his whole heart is turned towards others. Father, forgive Mm -hmm. them. They don't know what they're doing. And it felt like perhaps the uh, pinnacle thus far of my relationship with God that in absolute incredible uh, discomfort, I was purely and truly loving, praying, passionate for others. Do you feel like when you look back at that, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of all the crap that has happened and derailed in some ways, how you would see your life going in the last year, two years, Mm -hmm. do you sense more of God in ways that you had not known him before? You did talk about that a little, but I want to hear just a little more of how do you know God differently now, or how do you sense his presence differently? Gosh, it feels too early to know what kind of the lessons of the whole thing are. And that's where I tend to go is what are the 10 things I've learned from cancer. But I do know, Alan, that because I've subsequent to those stories I've told, I've been in the hospital a number of other times and undergone some of the same stuff. I do know now that he's present. I can bank on that. And it feels like there's a psalm intercessor shared with me, Psalm 112, verse 7. And it says, I will not fear bad news. And one of the things with my cancer is I'm just always being tested and kind of waiting for test results and diagnoses and prognosis and treatment plans. And at any moment, things can turn and go from where they are to worse. And you can live in this state of fear of bad news, of what's coming, what might be, kind of that speculation thing. And I think I'm learning that you know what? I'm good. What can happen to me, really? I know that now on a level that I've never known. It. My help doesn't come from the mountains. It doesn't come from armies and chariots. It comes from God. And I know that though I'm surrounded by 10,000 of my enemies, I will not fear. I am anchored in God, and all hell may unfurl against me And I may pay a huge price physically, but there's this part that is anchored in God and rested in the midst of it. I know when I'm going under, I'm not going to drown. I know that now. I've experienced that. Now, that's new for me, and that's probably the only thing that I can say thus far from this whole cancer thing. Um, I hope to get an interpretation down the road But I've also learned that 
I hate cancer, but I love God more, and my focus is in on raging against cancer. It's finding God and worshiping him and dealing with every obstacle that gets in the way of that. Well, Craig, I want to just add to that what I see in you as you've gone through this is really an amazing thing. I see in you just this gentle, calm, deep abiding in Christ on the one hand, Mm -hmm. and on the other, I see this heroic stance of just a refusal to buy into a lie that you're alone or that this is the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. It's a fierce determination to love God and love others deeply and well, no matter what. And I love that in you. You bring life to me, to everybody here at the outpost, to the listeners, to the countless others in the community in ways, sometimes through words, but your life is just, you know, when you'll send a message out while you're in the hospital, it so oftentimes has almost nothing to do with a diagnosis or with a status update, but you are speaking in kingdom language about your journey and about your hope and about life. And I've printed several of those out and said, long after Craig's well, and this is in the rearview mirror, these words are life. They're not an update on something going on in your body as much as they are. It's like reading something from the Heroes Hall of Fame on a guy who... Well, it is. A guy who loves God and fiercely stays with him, walks with him in the midst of whatever the trial or the desert or the enemy throws. So I just wanted to say that's what I see in you. It's an amazing thing to see a man walk wholeheartedly through hard times with God like you do. Thank you, Alan. I do receive those, and yet I'm just so aware that of how many others are suffering far greater than I am, and I've been tested beyond what I've ever known and experienced. I mean, there are heroes of the faith out there all over the world who are facing stuff that I just can't imagine. But the bottom line is that, you know, God is good. He is, and he is a very real and present help in times of trouble. And I know that to be true, and I would just love for our listeners to know that's true, those who are going through it and those who will, that he's a very real and present help in times of trouble. Craig, just hearing that brings me so much hope Mm -hmm. and so much life. Mm -hmm. And my prayer is that anybody who's going through that part of a story they didn't expect to find themselves in Mm -hmm. will cling to that life, cling to the goodness of God and the determination to walk with God through whatever they face. I love what you've shared. Thank you so much for just being that transparent with us. Friends, you've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. There is more, so much more. Visit us at ransomedheart.com or if you haven't gotten it yet we invite you to get the Ransomed Heart app thanks for listening